Johnson, your friendly and fun host. We're in episode 29, the very best one yet. Um, we're excited to bring you tons of running, fun conversation with our new special guest and her story. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Nicole Ganacopoulos. She is the founder of Momentum. I'm right. Yeah, yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Momentum. She's the founder <laughs> of Momentum of MKE, which specializes in customized running, coaching for all distances, levels, shapes, speeds, and sizes. She's an all-star running coach and strength and conditioning specialist. And hands down, she can give you the best experience and excitement of reaching your uh, great, greatest potential as a runner. She currently lives and works in the Milwaukee area and overall great person to have on our show today. So welcome, Nicole. Woo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nicole, for being on. I'm super pumped to, to talk with you and have a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, too, so thanks for having me. Definitely. So maybe if you want to start us off, um, introduce yourself to our listeners out there, so who you are, where you're from, and what you currently do. Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Nicole, and I am a running coach. I work with runners of all distances, whether they're looking to run their first mile, looking to Boston qualify, looking to run their first ultra, or I just had a runner complete the um, triple crown of running, which was 640 miles within three weeks, uh, or I'm sorry, within six weeks. Well, I have literally every distance, it seems like. Um, I am originally from the Chicagoland suburbs, and then I went to Marquette and then stayed in Milwaukee ever since. So that's kind of um, me in a nutshell. So my background is actually in strength and conditioning. So I studied exercise physiology at Marquette. And um, from there, I really focused a lot on strength and conditioning, learned a lot about the muscle balancing of, like, all sports aspects in general. And then I ended up applying it directly to runners. Um, so that's kind of how I got to those, those two places. Great. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of stuff going on. How did you, I guess, first right away, how did you become interested in, like, coaching running and strength and conditioning? Like, did you become mm-hmm. interested in that when you were younger, older, in the middle? Yeah. So I started running with my dad when um, he, or so my older sister was in cross country when she was in junior high, and so my dad started running with her to help, like, kind of encourage her and things like that. So at the time, I was, like, eight and then, so my dad would make me come for the lunch. I mean, he didn't force me, but he was like, oh, come on with. I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds great. And it was terrible. Anyway, after um, a while, our Saturday and Sunday morning runs just kind of became a thing. And after a while, my sister decided that running was definitely not her thing. And my dad and I kind of continued on. But since then, um, so pretty young age, I started running, we did 5Ks and 10Ks and all sorts of stuff, and then I became, um, I was a pretty competitive runner on my high school cross-country team, and then continued on after that. Running has always been there for me, it's always been something I really enjoyed, I love the team aspect of, you know, being on a cross-country team, but also the solo aspect of running and kind of the intrinsic goals that you need to have for yourself. Um... In college, I studied exercise physiology, like I mentioned, and that's when I learned a lot more about the strength and conditioning aspect, which is one that, like, I don't actually have a real statistic for this, but I feel like 99% of runners are lacking. Um, and so that was a really interesting thing to bring into what I had learned. So I got um, my certification from the NSCA in strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. which you have to have a... Um, college degree in an exercise-related field to get. So it was a pretty difficult exam, but um, I was able to get through that. And then I personal trained through college just kind of as a side job, something to do, and I definitely didn't think it was going to be something that would turn into an actual job. And so after graduation, I worked in the corporate setting for a little bit and then realized that um, that just wasn't the right fit for me. So I started doing some personal training on the side, and that's when I started Momentum. 
So at that point, it didn't actually have a running focus to it. It was just a personal training. I focused on the strength and conditioning and just working with um, people who wanted to get more fit and in general. And simultaneously, I decided I was going to train for my first marathon. So this was in 2010. And I did everything wrong. (laughs) I literally did, like, the silliest things. Like, even looking back, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe I did that. And I was a pretty educated person in terms of um, exercise and strength and conditioning, but I still managed to make every single rookie mistake in the book. So after that marathon was a total bomb. I um, decided that maybe there's someone who can help me make, like, I, w- I want to run another marathon. There, It's got to be better than that. Otherwise, people wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'll find someone that can help me. And at the time, running coaches weren't really a thing yet. Like, now you can find them. I, I feel like you can find us anywhere. At the time, it wasn't really as accessible. So I was like, oh, okay, well, there's not really a running coach around yet. So I'll just learn as much as I can and kind of apply that to my next race. And so I took a lot of um, all my continuing education that I needed to keep my certifications up. I just focused on all on running. So I went to running different running camps. I went to different conferences. And I went to kind of traveled all around, including um, I went to um, Greg McMillan's running camp in Flagstaff and different places all throughout the country and learned different philosophies. And figured, I'm going to apply these all together and see what, what works best. And then from there, my business momentum just kind of started snowballing into more of um, I was picking up more runners and started programming um, marathon plans for them. And then it just kind of really, really took over from there. It wasn't just marathoners. It was people who were looking to do their first 5K or somebody who the marathon and wanted to Boston qualify or you do amazing at Boston or everything in between from there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You've definitely come a long way um, from age eight, um, your first, I guess, experience <laughs> with running to where you are now, um, expert in strength and conditioning, coaching people from anywhere, like you mentioned, a 5K. This is their first run to ultra marathon, which you had in the intro, 640 miles in six weeks. That's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Um, what got you also interested in, um, I know you, you mentioned running from an early age, but um, exercise uh, physiology, um, studying that. Yeah, so actually I kind of lucked into that, to be honest. Um, I actually originally intended to study nutrition or dietetics when I was in high school. I really was interested in that and so as I was applying to different colleges I was looking for college programs that had um, nutrition and dietetics but then I ended up really loving Marquette and when I was at the you know on the college tour they said oh we don't have nutrition but exercise um, science and physiology has some nutrition program or some nutrition classes in it I thought oh all right that sounds fine and at the time, I mean, you're 17 and 18, so how on earth do you actually know what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And um, so I ended up going to Marquette and joining that program. And, man, I am so lucky because I probably would not have succeeded in um, nutrition and dietetics. It just wasn't um, – I am super fascinated by nutrition. I love it um, personally. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of dedicating my degree to that, that would have been really, really difficult. So kudos to everyone out there who did do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of I really did luck into the degree that I went into and um so I'm really really thankful for that yeah that's great to hear um it's, it sounds like it's a really great fit and you're you are our first uh, special guest with that specialization in strength and conditioning so I'm going to definitely ask you more questions on that and to help um help our listeners learn more about that uh career path and like what you do uh, so yeah, I guess maybe mm-hmm. first in like strength and conditioning. So you have a background in running as well. Is that do you uh, work with people across sports, multi uh, multi sport athletes? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely have. You know, right now, pretty much all of my clientele is are runners. Um, it's really kind of it's similar. So everyone needs the same. We all need the same muscular support to help us get us through. So we all need a strong core. So it's amazing 
um, how you can actually apply different jumping conditioning principles to one sport and completely the same thing to another sport. Now, obviously, it's more the, the strength and conditioning and not the skill set that I'm looking for. So I don't care if a runner can dribble a basketball, but I do care if a runner or a football player can hold an actual perfect plank. So perfect plank, if you're, um, that's one of the first things I do when I work with someone one-on-one is teach them how to do a plank correctly. Because we all can get into a plank and probably muscle our way through it for a minute. Um, some of us, not, not yet, but you can build up to a minute. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that time we use our joints to do that work. We use our, um, just overall strength. So you use more than just your core muscles to do that plank. And so my goal is to make sure that someone is like shaking like a leaf within 30 seconds, because that means they're actually utilizing the right muscle groups and the right, um, set. So by learning how to turn on the certain muscles of the group or of your body, then you can apply that directly to any sport. So learning why a plank matters so much is because using that same, um, muscular strength that you're using for that, you also need to keep yourself upright during a race. Like how many of us have those awful race photos where you think you look really great and it turns out you're like hunched over. And so if you're doing your planks correctly, hopefully you'll be able to stay more upright in those those incriminating photos <laughs> yeah definitely I can just, I'm just, yeah i'm just looking i'm just thinking, what was that? i'm thinking i'm just thinking visually uh at my last time my races that i've done how many photos have been bad form <laughs> <laughs> the worst is when you actually think you're taking a really good photo and then it comes back and you're like that's what i looked like <laughs> <laughs> so you're like oh man i better do some more work mm-hmm. so that's always funny so even though I'm a, a form expert, I still um, I still have a lot of work to do myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then the other thing is that with strength and conditioning, that happens kind of across all aspects of sports is um, things like squats and um, lunges and things like that. That's the second thing I usually work on with most people in person is how to do a proper squat. It's, it's really incredible how many different ways there are to do a squat and how to um, purposefully do one instead of, like, it's once again, you could probably crank out 50 squats right now if you actually wanted to, but if you're doing them correctly, your muscles should be pretty fatigued within 15 to 20, so Mm -hmm. even without adding any extra weight to it. So if you're doing it correctly, it's like kind of like make a, do it with purpose, do it with um, the right tools, the right muscles working and knowing what muscles are supposed to work. So that's a lot of what I do is teach people how to to use their muscles, um, to utilize them correctly, because that's going to help directly into their runs. So I do that, whether I'm working with a runner or like, um, I work with a lot of basketball players or soccer players or randomly some like high school. I used to work at a Y when I was in college and a lot of, um, the high school kids, I trained them too. And so that was kind of the big thing is you have to know how to do a plank and a squat correctly. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we can do all the other fun stuff. But mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of the basics where I start with, with literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you, like, do you think like having, um, like form is probably one of the, if you had to pick, I don't know, three, uh, there's probably tons of different things you need to focus on when you're doing physical activity or running. What would you say are like the top three or four? Obviously, like form is number one, but in order to really, uh, to really be the best you can as a runner, perform your best, and also not uh, hurt yourself. Oh, absolutely! And it's funny because it's probably one of the most um, underappreciated things that runners look at. Like, oh, well, you just get out the door and you run. No big deal. Um, and it's amazing what just tweaking a little bit of things with your form can really do to your efficiency and your economy. So what that means is you're actually making the run easier without having to do anything additional. So just by having a better posture, you're automatically going to make it easier to breathe and you might knock five seconds off your mile without doing anything to try. So that's kind of um, a huge thing, but a lot of runners are like, oh, I just... I needed to crank out three miles today, and that's that's what it was. Who cares what my form looks like? And I do that too, so I, I'm in that same camp. But um, if you really want to 
really dedicate yourself and really make sure that you're getting the most out of your training and running in general, absolutely focusing on form is a huge be a huge priority. Mm -hmm. Do you think having a uh, background on running as well has helped uh, helped you as a coach and strength and conditioning specialist? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, well, there's there's a lot of things. When you're an athlete yourself, I think it's easier to understand the dedication that, um, that athletes have in general. So being a competitive runner helps me work with anyone who's a competitive athlete. So if you're really competitive in your sport or really passionate about it, I feel the same way about running. Even if you don't feel that way about running, I can apply directly. And so then that way I can kind of transfer that to um, making some of the strength and conditioning exercises more fun. So we don't have to just hold a plank. Let's make it more exciting. And you can add something that you may be able to apply directly to your basketball. So I might give you a basketball during your plank and you have to do something with it or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, yeah, I do I do think having um, my background in running as an athlete in general helps. I don't think that um, just being a runner would actually enhance my strength and conditioning specialist or anything. But um, I think being an athlete in general does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to, like, you know, uh, I guess have, like, personal ties or share your own experiences with the person that you're working with uh, at, like, all Mm -hmm. the distances and levels and if they're a beginner or more veteran uh, athlete, do you have, like, majority of your, I guess, your clients, are they, is there majority, like, more in, like, the 5K runs, more majority trying to, you know, beat their, get a personal best, like, or do you serve, like, people all over, basically? Yeah, I would say majority of my clients are in the half marathon and marathon realm. Um, most of them, if I had to like really track people, they are typically, um, they're not typically first time half marathon runners. They may have done them a couple of times and they know that they can do them better and they're just not quite sure how. They may have followed an online, um, a basic online template before and um, feel like they've gotten as far as they can within that and then want to see from there. So that is a majority of the people that start with me. And then what happens from there, um, so I do, most of my coaching is all online. So um, that's for running programming. So I have a lot of clients that are virtual and so I create their online plan for them. And like I said, a lot of them start off as, um, I would call them novice half marathoners, but not fresh beginners. Yeah. Um, from there, they start to see some amazing goals. They start to see some good PRs coming off. Time is being shaved. And then there's always the, like, what's next? But almost inevitably, there's, like, that, I think I want to run a, a marathon email that comes in. Like, do you think I can do it? And my answer is always yes. If you want to run a marathon, you can absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but we're going to get you there. So as long as you want to do it, I fully believe it. So most people start with that half marathon category and then kind of climb into that marathon um, category from there. And some hang out at that um, half marathon, 5K, 10K realm for a while and are really happy there and just want to know some programming, some different speed workouts. They want the strength and they want the core workouts and everything like that. So it's kind of a combo. And then I do have, like I said, the endurance runners that start as a half marathoner, and then the next they're like, I think I'm going to do a a marathon. Great, cool. And then the next is like, I think I'm going to do a 50-mile run. (laughs) Okay, cool, let's do that. And then it's, I think I'm going to do a 100-mile run, and it keeps going on from there. So that's kind of the cool thing about runners is we're typically all pretty motivated people. So there's always kind of the what's next aspect of is that either are we chasing down a time goal? Are we chasing down what's the next further goal you can run or what's, what's that next goal going to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree on your points. All, all runners are really motivated. Like I'm a runner myself, so I'm super motivated. I've never gotten to that point where, uh, to go past marathon has been my longest distance, but I haven't got to that point mm-hmm. where you go the ultra marathon or, you know, 50, hundred miles or whatever. Can you, yeah. Can you tell our listeners, uh, like walk us through like helping train or, uh, like the mindset, I guess, for people trying to achieve that type of goal. Um, I know this day and age too, I feel like the trend has been going a little bit now in, in running 
to go those longer distance with it within reach though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So ultra, so I think running has really shifted a lot in the past. Um, I mean, 30 years, if we want to be really general. So in the last 20 years, marathons have become a thing that just normal people could do. Whereas before that was something that college athletes did or like college runners or really, really fast people did like our times in general and marathons are getting slower and slower and that's not meant um that's great that actually means just more normal people are doing them which means that it becomes a tangible goal for someone who's like I think I want to do a marathon and um so I think it's awesome um I think it's really cool how kind of mainstream there's a lot of people who have done a marathon it's not to undersell that achievement by any means because it's still incredible um, and so I think now kind of the marathon can be seen as kind of a standard thing. Like, well, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people do marathons. It's not my view, but I think some people feel that way. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's the next crazy thing I could do? How about a 50 K or how about a 50 miler? And so I think that kind of goes into that. Um, I think another reason why the shift is kind of going a little bit more towards ultras too. Um, I think there's two reasons. Usually ultras are typically on trails. And so I think when, now this is a a broad and general statement, but I think when people kind of see their time plateau on the road, they think like, or if they get bored on the road races, then they think like, I don't think it's time to change things up. And I think I'm going to head to the trails. And so then the trails, you typically see those more, the longer distances like the 50k or 50 miles so I think it's kind of a natural transition um, from the road to the trail just as a different challenge a different change of pace and different um, scenery literally and then um, because that atmosphere is kind of contagious and the races are more geared towards that 50k 50 miler and above so I think it's it's a combination of, of the two mm-hmm. yeah that 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 makes sense. I think, yeah, I think like you mentioned before, if they think if it's a plateau, but they they kind of push towards the ultra marathon or a longer distance. I guess going back to the mm-hmm. marathon too, or just uh, I guess any runs, uh, any runners that you train in general. You mentioned you do online coaching. Do you have to travel for your for your job, or do you travel these races or um, help them with I guess some of the training runs? Yeah, so um, I do a little bit of all of it. So a lot of my online runners, I don't actually, I've never met most of them. So that's pretty cool. I feel like really connected to a lot of them. I know, you know, after I create these running plans and I we share notes throughout, so it's all through Google Documents. So they, I give them a prescribed run or workout and then they fill it in. They tell me exactly how it goes and so on and so forth. And sometimes the descriptions are like, run what's great according to plan cool and then some are like mile 1.35 I uh needed to take a little break so I did this and then I'm having a hard day at work and so that was kind of weighing on my mind and it keeps kind of going on and then for after a while I feel like I actually really deeply know my runners because I know the ins and outs of their their inner thoughts their runs everything kind of like that so even though I haven't met half of them, I feel like if I saw them in real life, I'd be like, oh my gosh, how's your dog doing? <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of funny in, in that aspect. Um, so even though I haven't met a lot of them, um, that's cool. But then there are a lot that are in the Milwaukee area. And um, randomly, or throughout the winter, I'll do uh, speed work at the Pettit, which is the indoor running center. Um, it has an indoor running track, which is really, really awesome. So a couple times a month, I'll do just a free um, free speed workout to anyone who needs some motivation in the winter. They don't have to be my runner. They're, they can literally be anyone. And so at that point, it's nice to kind of connect with some people that I might train online or might be interested that they might be interested in coaching with me, or they literally just need someone to run with. And so I get to run with people there. And then um, I do travel with some of my runners to races, if that's something that they're um, they're needing or seeking. So that's, uh, that is something that I've done with, um, I've, pro- I've traveled to about 15 races with runners. Mm-hmm. So I've been to the Disney marathon several times and different races. And then, um, 
for my runner who did the triple crown of ultras. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to um, Tahoe, which is where one of the 200 mile races was. Oh, wow. And we had a team that went there that helped him complete that or, you know, helped uh, pace him through that race. And then my husband and I went to the last race, which was the 240 mile race. And um, just he and I paced my um, runner through that one. So that was pretty pretty grueling but really awesome (laughs) yeah that's a little little bit of all Mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool that you can like help you help motivate them uh even if even if you can't make it to their race or whatever but you're still able to you know inspire them to meet their meet and achieve their goals that they're looking to get out of Mm -hmm. uh being a runner and and whatnot do you yeah yeah do you have any like you probably have tons of stories um like can you share any maybe like recent success stories as a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple. And so obviously there's like the no brainer successes when someone has a giant PR or they Boston qualify or get into a major race like Chicago or New York based on their time. Mm-hmm. So obviously those are so exciting. They're really awesome. It really, the hard work has paid off, but um, I also, I actually really thrive on the really small successes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and celebrating the little things, like I have a current runner right now who is 12 weeks postpartum. Um, she was a really competitive or a really great half marathoner. She did a lot of trail running and stuff. And um, after pregnancy and all that process, it's like a whole new body. And so she's 12 weeks and she just ran three miles for the first time. And she was so excited. And that was one of the best feelings because um, it's just, it's a totally unknown territory when you're in that grounds and everyone reacts so differently after pregnancy and, and trying to raise a child at the same time. So that was a really, really exciting um, day. And everyone can take different times on that. Like three miles for some people, it might take like two weeks to get to after postpartum and some, some take a year to get there. So that was a, a really great thing. Um, and then I just got an email from a runner that I worked with like four years ago I just got it like two weeks ago and she said that she's been keeping up with her runs and nothing too crazy but she said she finally tried a nighttime run for the first time in the like eight years she's been running and um she said I remember something you said to me once that like nighttime running is one of the best things because you can just turn off the world and get out there and run. And when she said, so she shot me an email. I haven't, like I said, I haven't trained her in about four years. I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. That something I said resonated. And finally she decided to try night running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that was a really, really cool feeling. Um, Mm-hmm. And then I have a runner who is running a marathon this weekend and she's had some, um, just some hard races in the last couple, um, the last year, just none of her racing was really going well. Um, we can't really pinpoint exactly, but, um, I think she's going to have just a phenomenal race this weekend. So I'm, mm-hmm. I think she's on a, a great head, a head space for it. And I think it's going to be a good good time for her so I'm looking forward to hearing her her successes this weekend yeah thanks for sharing all those those are so great like highlight like highlight reel um basically I can just (laughs) visualize like each I can just like picture like each and every one of your runners and like how they're doing amazing out there um going back going Mm -hmm. back into uh momentum of MKE so inspiration for the name like how'd you how'd you start it and everything Oh my gosh. So this is kind of embarrassing. So I, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but I think so. Um, when I was first starting out creating a business, so I was just doing personal training on the side and I had to make waivers because, you know, if someone's going to train with me, I didn't want anyone to get hurt or anything like that. So I created a waiver and I was like, what the heck am I going to call this? So I was, I don't know, maybe two or three years out of college. So I had a bunch of friends come over and I started, I had a list of like 40 names of like things that I had thought of. Like, I can't even tell you what any, what most of them are anymore, but some of them were like punny. Some of them were like personal training by Nicole, but I wanted a name that could adapt to whatever it ended up being because um, I had recently 
met with a, a fitness coach or I'm sorry, a nutrition coach and her, um, business was something like fitness for yoga or something. And she's like, I don't even teach yoga anymore, but it's my business. So like, how do I close that and start a new one? So that really resonated with me. Like, Oh man, I really need to to find a name that could be adapted to literally whatever. And then, um, so I had four girlfriends over, I fed them a ton of wine and eventually we got down to two names. So it was either between momentum and, um, the other name was traction and I could like envision this like little track as the, um, the logo and the, the wine got the best of everyone and momentum was the, the final name. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I filled out my LLC paperwork the next day and that's how it became. And, and honestly, it's, it's really the best, um, name I could have thought of because I do apply like the principles, of the physics and momentum with a lot of the things I talk about with people in their running form. So every time I say momentum, I'm like, Haha, what a good name. Yeah. <laughs> and I pat myself on the back. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Another, another clap right here. Oh my gosh. I think, yeah, of the two names that you're down to, oh, momentum, number one, for sure. I think it's very, um, like once I think of it or like researching you, I guess, or just t- uh, talking more, uh, to you, Nicole, like, I think that's a really great fit for your business. Um, and yeah, you just keep on, keep on killing it and keep on doing good things out there, inspiring others. Do you think you could walk us through like, uh, I mean, every day is different for you, but maybe like walk us through a day that you're, um, helping with online coaching or strengthening conditioning or something? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, every day is a little bit different, but like my, so I work, um, in the morning, I do early mornings with in-person clients. And so I typically work Monday through Thursday in the morning and I start as early as five. Um, and I go to either people's houses. And so I have the same in-person clients pretty much every week. So every Monday I have the same person every Tuesday, I have the same people, you know, so on and so forth. And so I see them from about, um, each person I see for an hour and depending on the day, I see people from like 5am to about 11am and then, um, and we have a one-year-old, so we have, um, two amazing babysitters that, um, come to our house and work with him uh, once my husband goes to work. Um, so I come home from my in-person clients, hang out with my baby for a little bit. He goes down for a nap and then I crank open my computer and just fire off as much work as I can do in his nap time as possible. Um, so I, at that point I check in on all my clients. Um, I, um, like I said, I do all my online programming through Google docs. So I check everyone's, or I check everyone's, um, workouts for the week. I check how everyone's run went the day before. If I didn't hear from someone, I might send them an email. If I see a weird note in there that says like they had um, knee pain or the workout didn't go well, they didn't hit any of their paces. Then I kind of converse with them back and forth a little bit, usually through email um, and then just kind of catch up that way. And then if I have extra time while my baby is still napping, then I try to work on what I can do next in terms of business. So I either make my images for um, my online or for like my core work that I post or different things on social media or try to connect with other local businesses or, you know, anything like that, but to kind of move momentum forward. And um, then usually after that, um, I'm hanging out with my baby until my husband goes home and then we, um, until my husband comes home and then, um, he takes over for a little bit and I finish off, off the rest of my, my work. So I'm lucky to have a lot of really great support from him and, um, able to get that done while he's, we kind of trade, trade the baby for a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You have a lot, a lot of things going on throughout the day. That's great. No, it sounds like you get, you're in touch with a lot of different people. You're making a really big difference out there, um, in your job and all. Uh, favorite favorite things to do outside of work or when you have free time? I know you mentioned you are running. Are you training for an upcoming mm-hmm. race or? Um, so right now I so I have a team race in um, Door County in May. So that one is open to everyone as like a 
you know, shameless plug. Um, so the Door County Half Marathon's in May. It's one of my favorite races to do just because it's so beautiful up there. And so I reached out to the Door County um, Half Marathon board and asked if I could create a team. And they said, yeah, sure, of course. So um, that's currently what I'm training for. I have um, a little bit of plantar fasciitis flare up. And so I was kind of keeping my mileage at bay for a little bit. And now it seems to be, I know I was going to physical therapy, of course, and doing all the preventative things, but, um, I am still only one year postpartum. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole different, uh, set of things that happened with that, of course. So kind of keeping up with the new body that I have. Um, and so I've been kind of keeping, I had been keeping some of my mileage down and now I'm ready to ramp it back up. And so my, Next race will probably be Door County Half, where the rest of the team will be. And then from there, um, I'm sure I'll do a lot more races this summer. Mm-hmm. Usually, even though I don't actually, like, specifically count them as training, I typically pace about three or four half marathons a month. Um, different places, I'll, I'll go travel for them just to kind of view different races and kind of get a, a view of, of some other courses and things like that. So um, I'll have a couple of those coming up in April, too. Mm-hmm. oh that's great yeah actually like whenever I do like big bigger races like a half marathon or a full marathon I always see the pacers out there again you're our first pacer as well on the daily grind can you give our listeners to like a perspective of being like a pacer at a race versus uh versus just being a, a runner entering the race but now you're on the oh, yeah, side of racing mm-hmm yeah, so pacing is, from my point of view, it is the most selfish thing in, as a pacer because you're running at a pace that's more comfortable for you, and so you get to just go and enjoy the race and help runners and chat the whole time instead of when you're going for your own race, there's a lot of nerves that come with it, you're kind of nervous, what's going to happen, and when you're the pacer, you get to do something that you're comfortable doing. You get to chat with people. It's, it's really awesome being the pacer. Um, so from that perspective, it's, it's a really cool way to see different courses. And um, my, so usually for any race that you pace, you have to come within one minute of the finish time. So when I pace, I try to make sure that every single mile is consistent. So for example, if you're running a, um, a t- if you want the goal of a two-hour half marathon, mm-hmm. I try to run a 902-minute mile for every single mile. That way, we have about 30 seconds of fudge time, just in case there's like a giant hill or the course ends up being a little bit longer or anything like that. So I tell people that's my plan. I'm going to run 902 for every single mile, and so that's kind of what I focus on for that entire race. So okay, am I on pace? This isn't really about me. This is about everyone else and um, making sure that they're they're getting to their achievements at that point. The other thing is, as a pacer, you get to kind of play the um, the entertainer in some way. So you can, you know, you ask people where they're from and kind of chat at them for a while because sometimes people just are looking for a great escape and somewhere to go on their run they don't want to think about the agony that they're in or like oh my goodness how are we only three miles in or whatever it is so to hear someone else blab at them for a while is really really nice Mm -hmm. or just to have someone say like hey you're doing awesome and you're like oh am I great okay I could keep going and sometimes you just need that little positive Mm -hmm. um thing so that's what I usually try to do during the races and sometimes I'm as a pacer I'm by myself and I'm just you know holding my sign up and wishing that someone would come talk to me. So if you're ever at a race and you're not sure if you want to talk to the pacer or not, they probably are a pretty extroverted person. So please go talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. That's, that's great. In, inside I'm insider on, on uh, the pacers out there. Uh, first of all, thank you for being a pacer and all the runs that you've done. Uh, Cause I give people so much kudos to that because like you mentioned before they they're basically a star of the show I think because they're they're entertainment Mm -hmm. like you said uh they're super optimistic they have really great personality and they're willing to do they're really really willing to help the runner or whatever time that you're a pacer for reach their goal in that race so you're really like on there you're on like everyone's team you're like the the superhero (laughs) It's like the ultimate cheerleader. It's so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. 
And I bet too, with you being a running coach, I think that probably helps like benefit uh, you being a pacer as well and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually it's kind of funny because sometimes we'll be mid-race and I don't usually lead with the fact that I'm a running coach because I think that can be intimidating because people are like, oh, oh no, what is she going to say? And then the other thing is people say like, well, what should I do for nutrition? I'm like, I don't know, man, we're mid-race. Like, <laughs> what did you do for your training? <laughs> so that's always kind of a, a hard part of like, I don't know what to tell you. You're... <laughs> What did you do during your running? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, well, I mean, I guess as the race goes on, sometimes people think of other things or come up and pop up in their head or they get nervous, mm-hmm. uh, mid-race. Oh, yeah. Like or the, mm-hmm. Yeah, you start to second guess everything if you hit a struggle at some point, and so it's usually, like, just calm down. You've made it through your training. You're going to get through it. Don't do anything ridiculous that you haven't done through training. Like that's kind of the big, mm-hmm. <laughs> the big piece, big piece. Don't do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, yeah. Helping reassure that like all the training that they've built up to this race that they finally come, come to do and compete in. And like you mentioned too, on one of your success stories, uh, your runner at doing the marathon this weekend, she's good to go. She's confident going to the start line so hopefully she has a really great race uh this weekend everything how have you shared uh like your story like your your momentum brand how have you built it from i when you first started momentum to where it is today yeah so a lot of that i really have to thank social media for i mean i'm sure a lot of i know a lot of the people that come on your podcast and stuff like that too social media just really built it i am not like a huge I don't really like to share a lot of stuff online, but then I realized how important it was. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't think everyone needed to know what every single one of my runs looked like or what I ate for lunch that day. Um, but I figured I had a lot to say in general, so maybe it was worth putting my core workouts online or things like that. And then I started seeing that more and more people were like, oh, wow, thank you so much for this. Or I'd go to a family party and my like random cousin would say like, oh yeah, I have all your workouts saved. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's so cool. Um, And so sometimes you don't realize the impact that you're having when sharing your knowledge. So that's kind of where I try to try to do that. Um, So a lot of it's been on social media. I originally just had Facebook and so I'd have you know, share different successes of like, look at this runner, isn't he amazing? He did this and this. And then people would, you know, ask me stuff. And then um, from there, and then I started on Instagram, maybe only like two or three years ago, because I was asking a, a running friend of mine and I said, like, what is Instagram? <laughs> and he just like laughed at me. And it turns out Instagram has been like an amazing tool. Um, to help kind of build that online community and also to share kind of the, share the momentum if we want to be corny on the name. Um, And the other thing that was really cool is um, two years ago, I started an ambassador program and I'll have another one starting this May. I'll, I'll do another um, application for it. And my goal of that. It literally, it was so big, but all I said is, all I want to do is create a really positive running online community. And so if you're interested in doing that, apply and I'll, um, like, all you have to do is hashtag run momentum MKE one time a month and share something positive and comment positive things under other runners things. And that's all I'm asking for. And I had a hundred people apply. I, I like literally could not believe it. Um, so that was really, really cool. I only ended up choosing 40 because I was, uh, I was reimbursing people for races and I figured I was going to go broke if I had any more than 40 people. So, um, <laughs> so that's kind of why I capped it at 40. Um, but I had some really, really amazing runners and I think that really helped kind of, um, establish a little bit more of an online brand in the community of like having people hashtag this. And and I ended up seeing some like really awesome things. Like um, I have a couple runners that now meet for a weekly run and they like don't even live on similar parts of the town. And now they go trail running together and they're all, um, they all found each other through the hashtag. So I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a really great story. Your ambassador program 
sounds amazing. Share the momentum. Again, that's so, so great on your inspiration for your your brand and everything. And I do like that you tie in uh, having a really positive online community. I think that's important when you're uh, – if you're into running or just any sport or hobby in general, uh, surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. a really strong community I think is great for each other to stay motivated and inspired and continue to do what they do out there. Um, speaking of yeah. uh, sharing, sharing things to follow, do you have any like recommendations for our listeners out there for like favorite books, athletes, podcasts, anything social, non-social? Yeah. So my hands down absolute favorite book, like any time, like that's a book that I give to, um, friends, uh, like if I know they're a runner or if I have a runner who's in a book. Um, or any of the goals you want or anything like that. My favorite book is by Matt Fitzgerald, and it's called How Bad Do You Want It? And it is, Matt Fitzgerald is a really cool um, uh, scientist, I guess. Um, He does more than that. He's more of a sports psychologist, but and he is also a nutrition coach, too. And he works a lot with runners, and he studies and analyzes different athletes especially in the endurance world but this book is um basically talks about how important your mind is within your training process so it talks about i'm not gonna i don't want to give too much away but it basically talks about one athlete who is like absolutely not physically ready to run a race and he ends up winning the chicago marathon i mean he's obviously a well-trained athlete in general but at that particular moment he was not physiologically prepared to win and he did and how he did that was through his mind and then it talks about the other side of the story where someone who should have won this like crazy national cross-country title really self-sabotaged herself within this run thinking it was going to be easy and she was shocked that it wasn't and it's just a really really powerful um incredible book and I really, really recommend it. And I've probably read it 30 times. And usually I read it like one chapter at a time and really just kind of absorb that for a little bit. And um, think about that particular chapter because every every chapter is like a different athlete that they focus on. And um, it's that's handsome. my, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, the funny thing. Yeah, funny thing you mentioned that book. So I actually read that book end of last year, and I was super motivated by that as well. A really great like short summary um, for our listeners out there. I'll for sure put that um, that uh, book in our show notes for today. Uh, Nicole, we talked about your daily schedule. What's on your daily grind in the upcoming weeks later this year? Yeah, so usually the winter is kind of a slow time for me because runners are kind of on their little hiatus and, um, you know, just kind of sticking to their mileage. Their races or big marathons or half marathons were in, like, October and November, so they kind of take their their winter to hibernate. However, the Milwaukee Marathon is this April, and so I've seen a giant surge in um, all the local runners um, getting ready for the, uh, Milwaukee half marathon and full marathon. So that's been pretty exciting. So working a lot on that, I'll have an aid station for that race because having an aid station is really, really fun. So if anyone wants to join that, they're welcome mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I'll be doing some stuff for that, doing some running programming for anyone who's in that, doing that race. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, I have a team for the Door County half marathon, so my goal this week and next week is to really connect with some of um, uh, connected with a restaurant up there, a couple of restaurants up there that we're going to do team dinner and um, got the Door County trolley and stuff like that in the hotel. So just kind of sealing in all those de- uh, details and getting that all ready. And then, um, like in terms of business, I've been uh, working with a running mate of mine, and she's like a running and shoe guru. Her name's Holly and she's been helping me um, with blog posts lately. And so I have like this giant goal to try to get more blog posts and out there. I was mentioning to her, she came to Tahoe with our um, ultra team to help our runner. And I said, you know, I feel like we have so much information to share with runners and it's just plopped in our brains and we have to like get it out to people. And so Holly has been helping me, um, 
kind of put some of those ideas to pen and paper and the two of us collaborate together. So my goal is to get more of those out in the timely fashion because she does a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, um, teaming up with her, and then it sounds so like so much fun on the upcoming races coming forward. And again, thank you for uh, having an aid station. I, again, as a, a runner, super critical uh, throughout different races, and really key, um, not just as an aid station or a pacer as well. Like, yeah, you're again superhero. <laughs> um, do, you, do you do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there? Yeah, so my word of the day is purposeful. So I don't, I actually had to Google it today to make sure that that was a real word. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I thought like, oh, did I make that up or anything? But no, I didn't. That's a real word. Um, and so the reason for that word is to every day when I'm either um, focusing on momentum or I'm focusing on my own workout, I try to make sure that everything is purposeful. So some of those work days, it's like my only purpose for the day is to have zero emails in my inbox. Like uh, that's all I want. Or some days it's like, I just really want to connect to some runners that maybe have fallen off a little bit. Or um, some days the purpose is to create content that um, haven't been seen yet or anything like that. And then same with my runs. I always kind of talk to my runners about this too. Like, there is a purpose to every single one of your workouts, even though you might not realize it. Like your rest day isn't just a day that I got lazy and couldn't think of a workout. Like there's an actual purpose to that. Or there's a reason why your slow pace is at this and your fast pace is at that. So trying to make sure everyone realizes the purpose of what they're doing and um, how to make sure that their their training is purposeful towards their goals and towards making sure that they're being the runner that they want to and how that can translate into their, their regular life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said. I like it. Purposeful ties in exactly in what our whole conversation too as well on today's episode. If, Nicole, if listeners have questions or comments, want to get in touch with you after today, how can they do so? Yeah, so my um, website is MomentumMKE.com, and so they can find my contact information there. Um, They can find me on Instagram at RunMomentumMKE, or um, either of those two would probably be the best way to reach me. Great. We will for sure. Yeah, yeah. We will for sure put uh, Nicole's uh, contact info in today's show notes. Uh, thanks again for tuning in today's episode and a big thank you to Nicole for being on our podcast. When it comes to sharing my story, be sure to follow the daily grind at KJF daily grind on Instagram and me, your host at Kelly J lucky on Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to go to our podcast network website, ambiguousproduction.com for more content such as you mad bro, the Sam bustle podcast and GDP goal driven professionals. Listen on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and more. Until next time, I'm Kelly Johnson, and have a great day. Okay, one more, one more, like a uh, refresh on your last name. It's G- Ganalapol. Uh, how do I say it again? Ganalapolis. Ganacopolis. <laughs> Ganacopolis. Okay. <laughs> Ganacopolis. Okay. Cool. It is okay, okay if you butcher it. I'll I'll help you through okay. it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. It took me like three years to learn it when I married into it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm learning it just in a couple, like a second, basically.